Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayashir number 269. We're going to talk today about um, disagreeing without arguing, without quarreling. And it's normal p- for people to disagree, and we all have our own way of looking at things. Hashem made it that way. Um, could very likely be that part of the Ezer Kinegdoi, the Kinegdoi part means that they're going to be different from one another. Everyone has their own needs, their own preferences, their own tastes. And it's inevitable, it's unavoidable, that there will be disagreements in the viewpoints between a husband and a wife, in their opinions, in their preferences, in their in their tastes. And it doesn't necessarily have to become a quarrel, a disagree, uh, an argument. They could become topics of discussion, uh, to discuss with one another, and all this can be done in in a peaceful way and in a calm way. And you know, when you discuss an issue with somebody, and when both parties speak with respect to one another, and they listen to what each other has to say, and each one has a chance to express his or her own thoughts and opinions and viewpoints in a relatively calm manner. That is a healthy form of disagreeing. A quarrel, an argument, on the other hand, is when the voices are raised, the tempers start flaring, and things start to be said in an emotional, inflammatory way, unnecessary way, where insults are thrown at each other and feelings are hurt. In other words, there's ways to disagree with one another without having any feelings hurt. And, you know, also you need to understand the levels of sensitivity between a husband and wife in the way they are. In other words, some people have a sensitive nature, and um, for them, uh, argument would be even a slight disagreement, and they get very sensitive to it, um, you know, and, and they feel that that's already an argument per se, while there are other people that enjoy the back and forth, they enjoy the debate, they enjoy the lively give and take. So I guess you have to know each other's natures. If, you're, if, if, if either one of a husband and wife is the type of person that needs it in a low-key way, not in a, in a lively, spirited way, then those disagreements need to be expressed in a, in a calm, low-key way. If the couple is fine with, you know, verbalizing in a more, you know, uh, open, revealed way, then they can do that. Part of the disagreement issue, which is very important, is there are points in the marriage and in particular subjects there is a need to agree to disagree. And some people will find this easy to be macabre, and some people will find it hard to be macabre, but ultimately that is a tremendous sign of maturity and growth in a marriage when you both agree to disagree, and then you come up with one plan which is either a compromise or when one gives in to the other, and uh, in this particular case, and they move on from it. Um, so, because what happens is very often is when a husband and wife have a disagreement and it's on an important issue, uh, of a hashkafic issue, but sometimes it has no practical application in everyday life, so 
that's a normal, healthy difference. Shalom bias does not mean necessarily that the husband and wife think exactly alike, even with Ashkafa Sachayim necessarily. Rather, they create a harmony in their relationship, even though they think, think differently. Then you have a husband and wife where very often one of them wants to express their opinion first, and both of them are very impatient. They want to say what he or she feels at that point to say, and that could also cause frustration can cause a discussion to become a quarrel, to become an argument. You know, because you're interrupting each other. One says something and it said, you know, now I, I really want to, uh, you know, put in my two cents. So what, what needs to be worked on here is to give each other unav- undivided attention for a specific amount of minutes, or whatever the case may be. So if it's not a major discussion, you basically tell your wife or your husband, let me hear what you have to say, speak for five, three minutes, or four minutes, whatever the case is, and I'll listen, and then let me hear, hear what I have to say afterwards when I express what I need to express. So when you express your thoughts and opinions, which, by the way, is a healthy thing, it's healthy to express your thoughts and opinions about things, even at the risk of it being disagreed upon by your husband or by your wife. But you can resolve to express those thoughts and express those opinions without the argumentation. Sometimes you'll have a stalemate. Stalemate means is like, you know, you're basically at odds with one another. And it seems not to be resolved. So you have two choices there. You could decide to argue about it again and again and again. Or at some point, you both decide, let's put that difference aside. And this particular issue will make a decision one way or the other. But ultimately, let's put this difference aside. And we'll enjoy the other aspects of each other. Um, You know, and you state yourself clearly. And then you move on. And if it's not accepted at this point, it makes no difference whether you say it many times or, or once or twice. And that's it. You leave it at that. So that's very, um, very uh, um, important thing. So Rosal Pliskin talks about this a lot in his book on marriage, about how when two people disagree, and another issue what he says is what helps a lot is if you repeat the essence of what the other person is saying to show that you understand the other person's position. So, for example, if let's say uh, one of them expressed an opinion about something, the other one's listening right now. So, the one that's listening, once it's, you know, that they finish what they have to say. So, the one who's listening, instead of saying something like, you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about, um, no. Instead, you say like this, I hear what you're saying. Let me express what I believe this is what you're trying to say. And then you repeat it and uh, in your own words. And you say, is this what you meant? You know, if they say no, they'll adjust it. And if they say yes, then it's a yes. And then, and then you say, let me express it in a different way, how I look at the matter. And then you explain in a calm, respectful way that way. This shows a lot of respect to the, to the one that you're arguing with because you're showing that you're listening and you, uh, you understand their point of view. It's just that you're seeing it in a different way. And um, 
Zelik Pliskin brings a story here that, uh, you know, we were married for five months, and we were shocked about how much of the time that we argued. When we first met, we seemed to agree on the important issues in life. During the engagement, all of them, all the discussions was about plans for the wedding. Everything went smoothly. And we're certain, we were certain we were going to have an ideal marriage. But after the excitement of the wedding and the Sheva Brachas were over, we find ourselves arguing over many trivial matter, matters, whether it's the buying food for Shabbos, the cleaning of the house, whether the dividing of the guests, going places, not going places. And we had verbal battles about these issues. And if there were at least two ways of doing something, we would find ourselves arguing on what's the best way to do it. Then we visited an uncle-aunt of mine in another city, and we stayed for three days. And I'd been at their home before, but now I notice things. I never noticed before. They were very different from one another in personality, very different from one another in background. And they often did have different opinions of things. But there was a constant harmony and peace in their home. They openly discussed the differences of opinion with each other, and I was able to see them talk calmly and respectfully about their plans and about things they need to get taken care of. Then they both would listen patiently to what the other one would have to say on the matter. Then they would take turns as to whose preference they would follow this time, or they would find a third alternative in which they would both agree. So it was a real learning experience for this young couple to hear how the aunt and uncle, despite their differences, resolved their uh, issues in a peaceful, loving manner. And uh, when I was single, I saw, I heard them discussing issues peacefully, but it didn't register that that was an accomplishment. That was a tremendous accomplishment that they're interacting with someone who is different from you and has different views from you. And um, so my own parents were similar to each other, and the life situation didn't call for so much negotiating. Each one had his domain or her domain, and it worked out. But here, when I visited my aunt and uncle that was so different from one another, I saw a model that was necessary for my marriage. So my spouse and I now each perceive our disagreements uh, not as an attack. We used to see it as an attack on each other's judgment, an attack on each other's tastes. We'd each try to get each other to agree that we were right, that I was right, and so on. And I pointed out this pattern to my spouse and suggested that we both watch my uncle and aunt's pattern of behavior. Let's try to learn from it, and let's try to talk in that manner in expressing ourselves when we have differences in our opinions and our tastes and so on. And it was I saw right away that it was beginning to work um, because we had an argument and we, and we you know we were able to test it out. So my wife told me, I don't think it's proper for us to discuss the way they communicate. Why not? It's an invasion of their privacy. So he said, I'm not, in, I'm not saying we eavesdrop on their private conversations, but in the public conversations as guests, we listen to how they speak to one another during meals, as an example, that we have with them. They see us sitting right in front of us at their table. They don't mind that we're listening to what they're saying. And I'm 100% per- certain that if you ask my aunt and uncle, they would both be thrilled to help us out. But you don't have to mention to it. So the wife agreed with him. And again, that he handled that situation well. 
before he would have been angry. You don't care about our marriage. You want to keep on fighting and arguing. What's with you? But he didn't say that. Things never go well when you talk that way and when you desperately want to change things and push things. So that was Ashkocha Bratis who's grateful to find those role models in their lives. So that's an important yesoid also. And um, another uh, story he brings here is that uh, a, a husband and wife were fighting with one another constantly, and, uh, but they were wi- well off financially, and that was part of their problem. They had enough money to buy many things they wanted, but they argued over the details. Differences of opinion about which Lamashal most, even with Tzedakah, I want this Moshe to get this amount. And they said no. And they argued about how many guests to have for Shabbos and so on and so on. And then they received, we received a loud wake-up call one day. My wife and I were in the middle of one of our daily rounds of arguments. And the telephone rang on the other end and was someone who had a complaint about a business deal we had made. If I had been in a positive frame of mind, I would have handled it smoothly. But the argument with my wife aroused my anger. And I told the person who called me, you're an idiot if you feel you can win a lawsuit, if you can sue me. So if, if you know, you know, and I guarantee that, you know, I'll win. And my challenge was effective, but he raised his voice and we'll see who the real idiot is. And I had to hire an expensive lawyer, case dragged on for two years, um, and my expenses were high and I lost a substantial amount, again, by by getting the anger causing the better of me that was triggered by an argument with I, I had with my wife. So even though the lawsuit, lawsuit was stressful, it brought me and my wife closer. We now uh, realized you know, we stood together in this whole lawsuit issue, and we both saw the harm of our angry arguments with one another, and we began to become more careful to speak respectfully to each other, even when we disagreed. So this is a tremendously um, big concept that if you put thought into it, it's certainly workable. And you basically express how, if in the past it wasn't this way, you express regret about it and say, you know, we both, I think I want, I, I want to change. I want to listen to disagreements with more empathy, with more caring. And what happens when you do this, when you change the pattern of your disagreements to talk in a calm, peaceful, loving manner, you could transform a rough marriage into a beautifully spiritual one that is beautiful. And you need to remember this, and that's how I'm ending off this year. It's not easy at times, but when you do this and you work it through, you begin to appreciate one one another much better. You'll feel better about each other. You'll feel better about yourselves. And when you work on this, even if you had rough patches in your marriage, angry patches in your marriage, it could be transformed into one of real closeness, real beauty, when you learn to how to handle these disagreements in a positive, caring way, empathetic listening, and working through these issues in a very calm, loving manner. Atzlacha Rabbah.